everyone. So welcome back to Kids These Days. I'm your host, Dr. Beth Trammell, licensed psychologist and associate professor of psychology at Indiana University East. And today I want to talk about something that maybe we haven't allowed ourselves <laughs> to, to put into words, but I hear from parents a lot that, gosh, it's hard to like my kid right now. It's hard to like them because they keep doing things that make me crazy. It's hard to like them because I feel like I'm not doing a good job. It's hard to like them because they're in this phase that just is hard to keep the house calm. Whatever it is, there may be moments where you catch yourself having that thought. And I want to talk to you today about how we can feel better about that thought. So I'm titling this Help. I don't like my kid. And I'm going to talk to you about a few things to think about. So the first thing to think about when you're having that moment of, oh my gosh, I really am having a hard time liking my kid, is remember that who they are now is not who they will always be. So our kids go through phases. For scientists, for developmentalists, for psychologists, for people who study child development, we know that this is true. So we all go through phases. We all grow and develop at different times in our lives. And our kids are growing and developing a lot. And so they may be going through um, this part of development that is a change for you. And maybe this change is hard for you. And let me say, this doesn't mean that we stop loving our kids. It doesn't mean that we treat them poorly. It just means that sometimes it feels a little bit like that nails on a chalkboard feeling, right? When uh, it, especially our teenagers, maybe, that they just kind of go against who you really wish they would be right now. So remember that who they are now is not who they'll always be, right? So they're still growing. They're still learning. For our little guys, they're tantruming and they're learning about boundaries. For our teenagers, they're learning to be independent. And so that means they may not want to be around you quite as much. They may not want to cuddle on the couch the way they used to when they were in, um, you know, first or third or fourth grade. And sometimes that's hard for us, right? We're like, ah, I liked the other version of them better than the version they are now. Just allow yourself to remember that, okay, this is just another phase, and I can weather this phase the way I've weathered all the other phases when they were growing up that maybe felt like a hard change for me too. The second thing I want you to remember is that they are supposed to rebel. Ugh, I know. I don't love this one either, because when my kids rebel against me, I'm like, eh. This is really hard. But that's how kids learn. They learn by pushing the boundaries. They learn by testing the limits. So when we are thinking about how our kids are, quote, rebelling against us, try not to think about it so much from this place of them being disrespectful or rude or disobedient, right? Think about it more as this is part of the developmental stage for them to push the boundaries. And so our role as parents is to make sure that first, we know what a developmentally appropriate boundary should be. We might have to stop and think, what is the boundary that I want to have here? And then make sure that we are enforcing it. So 
let's talk about screen time. Okay. So as we think about they're supposed to rebel against us, let's talk about screen time. Okay. So this is an area where many parents want to have kind of a boundary. They want to have a limit. And for some of us, it starts by realizing what is the boundary? So is that a time limit? Is that a certain time of day when they're allowed or not allowed? Is it certain games they're allowed to play or not play, right? So as you are thinking about how can you hold a boundary firm when they push to rebel, right? Because they're going to rebel. They're going to test the limits. Realize what is my limit? What is my boundary? Is it, okay, no screen time after eight o'clock? Maybe it's one hour of screen time a day. Maybe it's no screens during the week and they can have five hours over the weekend. You have to establish what that is. And I would say state it clearly to them. Maybe you put it on a sign in the, on the refrigerator. If it's really important to you and it's one that they push back a lot on, I'd encourage you to, to put it in writing right? Just like you would any other important thing. Put it in writing, post it on the wall, post it on the fridge, that then they're able to see it, but also that you're able to see it. And then you're reminded, oh yeah, this is my boundary. Because there's going to come a day where let's say you've got the boundary of, okay, no screens during the week. And there's a Tuesday that, gosh, it's been a hard day. And you're like, I'm so over it. Go ahead. You can have screens right? You want to let go of the boundary. And I'm not saying that we can't compromise and we can't make changes. I'm not, I'm not preaching rigidity here, but I am saying that sometimes holding the boundary, even though it's hard for us, is still important that our kids understand that that boundary is there. So when you have that thought of, man, I love my kid, but it's kind of hard to like them. The first thing, remember that who they are now is not who they'll always be. The second thing is to recognize that it's developmentally appropriate for them to push, to rebel, to test the limits. And the third thing is, mm -mm -mm. okay, we're going there. Your mood impacts your perception of how much you like them. Okay, so I'm going to say that one more time because I might need to say it to myself too. <laughs> your mood impacts your perception. So. Just like I mentioned about the Tuesday where you've had kind of a hard day and you're tired and you're kind of grouchy and you're just sort of like, I really just would like to crawl into bed early and, you know, watch Netflix until I fall asleep. You're likely to have a harder time seeing the many good things that your kids see that day, that evening, during that time frame, right? When we are not in a great place as parents, it tends to, to sort of uh, gloom the perception we have of our kids too. So if you're in a phase where you're like, gosh, it is so hard to like my kid right now, or gosh, my teenager is just so hard to like right now. And maybe you even hear from other people around you that are like, gosh, your kid is so great. Your kid's so kind. Your kid is so this or that. But you perceive them to be really hard right now. Check your mood. What has your mood been? Have you been not sleeping well? Are you more stressed? Are you having a hard time connecting to the people that matter to you? First, take care of yourself. We talk a lot about self-care. Um, and in fact, that word self-care kind of just causes me to have a, 
a negative gut reaction sometimes because I think we overuse the word, but we underpractice what it's supposed to mean. If I am not well, I need to tag out for a little bit and get myself well. That might mean saying some of my positive mantras to myself. It may mean meditation or recentering myself for the day. And we may not have hours and days to go on a vacation. Sometimes we need to take 10 minutes of intentional time to recenter ourselves because our kids need us. So your mood impacts your perception. And so if you're having trouble, make sure that you do that, that body scan to check your mood and try to do some different things if you need to adjust your mood. So we're going to remember that who they are now is not who they'll always be. They're supposed to rebel. Our mood impacts our perception. And, ooh, gosh, everyone I'm reading here, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Okay. Your perception of other people's opinion impacts your perception. This one is big time. And notice that I said our perception of other people's opinion impacts my perception. So I think this happens to us a lot. I think we fall into the comparison trap when we look on social media and we see our friends posting things about their kids that look so amazing to us. Maybe we're out in public and our kids are not behaving as well as we think they should. And then we see someone make a face or we see uh, someone roll their eyes or we're at our friend's house and our kid just hit their kid in the head because they took a toy and your friend goes to like, you know, console their child and your perception of your friend's opinion matters so much to your perception about how you feel toward your own child. So here's what I say about this. And I practice this because this is an area for me that that is sometimes still a struggle, right? I pay very close attention to the nonverbal behavior of the people around me. I notice when people shift. I notice when their bodies make a different movement. And I perceive those things as something I'm doing um, that's impacting them. And the truth is, that is not always the case. And so I want to make sure we're really clear here that we sometimes misinterpret the cues of other people, but it still really impacts how we treat our kids. I'll give you an example of uh, I was seeing a client in therapy where I was working with the kiddo and this uh, mom would come in week after week and she would report that, gosh, she's just so nervous about what I think of her as a parent, right? So she was worried that I was thinking she was a bad parent. And so everything her kid did, she would correct it, right? Oh my gosh, don't put your feet on the couch. Don't touch that. Don't open that door. Don't do that. Don't do that. And she was so on top of her child's behavior that the child really could do very little without getting some sort of verbal prompt from the mom. And so I reminded her again and again that her perception of what I was thinking was not correct, right? I wasn't perceiving her as being a bad mom. I wasn't perceiving her as doing something wrong in that moment. I knew that the kid was just being a kid. It didn't bother me at all. But she had this perception that, honestly, if we look at the third point, right, 
the mood impacts perception, maybe she was a little bit anxious. Maybe some of you are a little bit anxious. Maybe you're prone to anxiety or depression. And so your mood is always a little bit tricky to how you perceive other people. That's going to really impact our perception of our kids. And so just take a minute to breathe through when you see the reaction of other people. Breathe through and ask yourself, is this truth? Or if it's someone that you care about, right? So if I'm at my friend's house and we're having a play date and I perceive something negative, instead of allowing that to stew inside of me, take a minute just to ask your friend. Brene Brown, I love her work and I love what she talks about as she talks about confronting these things with people that we love. She says, you know, you tell the person, you know, the story I'm telling myself in my head is that you think I'm a bad mom because my kid just hit your kid in the head. You take a step into vulnerability and you say, here's what my brain's telling me. And I just want to know the truth from you. And I'll tell you more often than not, your friend is going to say back to you something that is totally different than what your brain was telling you was true. Again, especially if you're prone to having anxious thoughts or, or thoughts that are more prone to like depressive uh, kind of ways of thinking. So remember that your perception of other people's opinion impacts your perception of your kid. And the last thing I want to say kind of relates to this idea of anxiety. But the last thing I want to say is if you are a people pleaser or if you are a perfectionist, beware. Because <laughs> this could be a really hard thing as you think about your relationship with your child and if you're in this phase of, gosh, it's just kind of hard to like them right now. If you're a perfectionist, it's going to be likely that your kid is not doing everything you want them to do. Because kids are never going to be perfect. Frankly, none of us are going to be perfect. And most perfectionists realize this on a logical level, but emotionally they still are fighting for this, I've got to be perfect. I've got to do it right. It's, there's only one right way and I've got to do it that way. And so if I believe there's only one right way for me to do it, then there must be only one right way for my kids to do it. And guess who loves to find a million different ways to do all sorts of things, right? Our kids. Our kids are always looking for loopholes. They're always looking for ways to be creative and step outside the box and do something silly. And all of those things are typically not uh, what falls in line with us as a perfectionist. And so if you're a perfectionist and you might just need to, again, take a breath through those moments and maybe you just remind yourself like perfection is not the goal here. I actually realized some things about perfectionists as I was reading a book called The Pursuit of Perfection, where initially like. I know a lot of folks who sort of lean toward perfectionism, but it gave me a different view of perfectionists that it's not like I expect perfect, but I do expect better and better and better. And that is kind of on the path to perfectionist, right? So if you're a person who likes to read, I would uh, recommend that book uh, because I think it does do a good job of, of ironing out some of the differences between perfectionists and those of us who are on, the, are on the pursuit of perfection. So if you need help because I don't like my kid right now, 
remember that who they are now is not who they will always be. They are supposed to rebel. That's developmentally appropriate. It doesn't mean it's okay or we let them get away with it, but it does mean we take a breath through it and realize that they're not a sociopath. Your mood impacts your perception. Your perception of other people's opinion impacts your perception of them. And perfectionists beware. Y'all, thanks for listening in. If you have any feedback about this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to share, comment, like, subscribe. I'd love for you to follow along with all the things that I'll be putting out each week. And uh, I'd also encourage you to follow along on my website, uh, makewordsmatterforgood.com. And my Facebook page is MWM with kids. And until we see you again, stay safe, stay well.